Para, para. Facebook or like 
even on the walk there, like I cannot go on a walk to the restroom without like opening Twitter. Like I have made it a personal goal to go on a walk several times a day. And while I am on my walk, I am like scrolling through something. So like social media has become such a big part of my life that I get anxiety when I don't have the capability of like being on it. So, you know, it's interesting that you, that you say that because I have a similar experience with how I guess enmeshed my life is with social media. I scroll on Facebook at every single stoplight. I, you're doing it at like stoplights. Yeah. Because I just can't like, I can't somehow I, I can't be alone with my thoughts. You know, I do it in the bathroom as well. Scrolling on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, um, YouTube shorts. I watch a lot. I am like, it's every spare moment. And I realized, I realized that I was doing that. And I thought that there was a problem with that. And I tried using a fidget that for the first time ever, I just got a fidget, um, like a little fidget toy. And I really like it. And it's been really helpful. And I started doing that at stoplights instead. I don't scroll on my phone while part or um stopped at stoplights i feel like i get the urge to yeah okay so here's the thing for me is that um like i have always wanted to be a social media presence Mm -hmm. like personally or for your for business like personally like i which i think like sounds like lame and cliche and like and you're just like, oh my god, I want to be an influencer. But, like, I've never wanted to be an influencer for, like, necessarily, like, the fame. Or, like, mm-hmm. I just think that, like, my life has been so fucking interesting. And, like, I just want people to know. My life is fucking weird, man. Yeah. I, I think, But I think it's entertaining. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have, like, told me to, like, write a book. Because of, like, just the sheer number of weird things I've been through. And I also... But because, like, I love creating videos. I love... Like taking photos, um, you and I have like shot back and forth like some ideas for some really cool like stylized shoots, and like I just I have always thought it would be so interesting to document all of that. Yeah, I used to watch all these. You know, back when YouTube um, vloggers were really popular, I used to watch a lot of vloggers, and I always thought, gosh, you know, there's just some things about my life that I feel like might be interesting to other people. And then there is, you know, the sheer amount of crazy shit that's gone down that just like, (laughs) that, you know, I just like telling a story about it. I don't know. I just feel like we have something to say and we just need a platform to be able to say it, you know? Right. So like now we live in this like age where people are like social media is evil or it's taken away like the personalization of everyday life. Like we can't do things like drive. There's a place for that truth. Right. And like we can't do things like drive in our car without like the need to look at social media. And like, I can definitely see like the, I can definitely see how it's like created these like problems, but Mm -hmm. coming from someone who's wanted to share their story, I've never felt like it was a bad thing. Well, you know, I'm just, um, I'm taking a women's study, women's studies class and, and, in the place that those classes are in now, it's also about um, the economy and um, a lot of a lot of different aspects about society it touches on. Did so, you know just popped in my head. What? When, <laughs> when Marge Simpson goes, oh, I'll just spoil myself. It'll be good for the economy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh no. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, our podcast, be our podcast is paperless. Like the master of intrusive thoughts. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about cartoons. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I wish you knew our tips and boys. So the flip side to that about social media, um, something that I've touched on in a class that I'm taking is globalization. So people are able to crowdfund, I believe is the term, and really take activism for social problems to a whole nother level with globalization, with the way that the internet and social media has connected us across seas, across hundreds of miles between cities. You know, we have never as a planet had this level of connection to Mm -hmm. other people. And I think that there are, it has incredible benefits. But I do think at the same time, it can't have those incredible benefits without incredible drawbacks. So I think it's about finding balance, you know, and, and asking yourself, what do you want your presence to be? Oh, as a planet, we've never been so interconnected. Um, and I think with that power, you know, with that intense level of... Like organization. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that level of being connected and all the wonderful things that it does, there has to be a balance. And there's a side that's just as dark um, mm-hmm. as that side is helpful and good. So I think it's about finding a balance and asking yourself what you want your presence on social media to be and what role do you want it to play in your life. Like the bad things that have come out of social media. Yeah, like, let's talk about that. Reconnecting with my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Facebook Messenger really is a pain in my ass because I can see when all of my exes are active. And you don't delete your exes like after they're your exes. Um, I do for a little while and then I unblock them so they can see me and want me back. No, in reality though, it does make me feel like even though I'm trying to have like these boundaries with certain people, um, you know, like at arms arms distance, arms length. It's hard because I can I can see when they're online. I can see what they're up to. I can have this little window into their life and they have a little window into mine. And I feel like sometimes that can really be too much connection. When I break up with someone, like I break up with someone. I delete, like burn their shit. I, break up. I delete all of their photos. I pretend like they never existed. You will find no trace of any other man besides my current one on my social media. Yesterday I was going through a box of books because I'm packing up to move. And a picture of my high school ex fell out of one of them. Me and him. Like, a printed photo. And I... It was the photo that I smashed in the trash can after we had broken up. Um, like, glass and everything. You know, like, the frame. But I kept the photo. And I think I do that because I've grown up in the era of holding on to everything so tightly. Like, the photos that we have of people in our past. Yeah. For me, they all exist on a cloud somewhere. They don't really go away. You know, I don't go through and cleanse my life of them. But maybe that's just... Maybe that's just a difference that doesn't necessarily that isn't necessarily it's like growing up in the social media age. Yeah, it's because like a like, lot of those memories. I I grew up. This is like definitely gonna like date and age me, but like I grew up with social media. Like I saw the birth of social media, so I definitely went through that like period in my life where like I do still have you know like the amusement park photos of like me and exes in a box mm-hmm. somewhere, and I feel like younger generations have like never experienced that it's like you said like I I thought it was like really interesting that you pointed out like for you those memories exist on a cloud somewhere and I was like I literally have a box of these photos I do too but that's uncommon for 
you know, people in their early 20s, I think. I think because my, my grandma and my mom are so materialistic in the way that they like the hands-on photos, you know, mm -hmm. real photos, real mentos rather than things just being on the cloud, mm -hmm. that in my family, scrapbooks have always existed up until the last, gosh, probably eight years. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I always had growing up, like those two worlds. But in reality, my generation, those in their early 20s, that it's it's all online. Um, really? And I think that changes the way that people interact with real things in their life. Like people from the past, like exes mm. or estranged family members. Um, I think it forces you to confront these ideas or the way that you feel about them a lot more often. The reason why I brought up exes is because yeah. I thought it was funny because, so I'm going to talk about an ex. Sorry, Josh. So, um, so Josh is my current fiance. I'm getting married in April. Um, but I had an ex and I almost said his name. We're not going to say it. We're not, we're not naming names on, on this podcast. That's on our vibe. So there was this young man who I went to school with. I went to middle school with. He used to walk me to school to and from he lived like a couple blocks south of me and our school was north and so he would stop by my house in the morning wait for me and we would walk to school together and that's how we became friends and then like there was like always like kind of something there but we were still like really young like mm -hmm. 11 12 13 and like at that I, point you're really just friends with somebody and then yeah. that blossomed into more sometimes and he ended up moving away well then i don't remember who it was who reached out to who, but MySpace became a thing and our paths crossed again. One of us was like, are you so-and-so who used to live here and would walk with me to and from school every day? And then it was like, a, like, oh my God, yeah, that was me. I remember you, I think about you all the time. So like this person and I like reconnected over MySpace. So do you feel like certain connections wouldn't happen if social media didn't I would have never seen him again. And what was crazy, we ended up dating we started dating we got together oh wow because we rekindled over myspace and this was myspace was still fairly new i wasn't allowed to have social media until i was 18 so this was someone who moved away when i was like 14 mm -hmm. four years later we're on myspace and we've rekindled and then we start by talking on the phone and then we meet up in person a couple times and the next thing you know we're dating i move away to college and like this relationship becomes serious he moves up to the university with me and he is working while I'm going to school. It's weird because I say we were engaged, but it was like one of those engagements where like he handed me a ring and it was like a, a little piece of metal that had been twisted to spell his name. And it was like one of those trinkets that you find like at a market. Oh. And he had like given, given me this ring and told me he was going to marry me someday. So it's like a promise ring. It was like a promise ring. Yeah. But like, so but we like talked about being engaged and like, so our, our relationship was like very serious, but then it ended up like really, really badly. It ended really poorly. But anyways, the point being is that like, without the existence of social media, I don't know that that relationship would have ever happened. What's also crazy about that relationship is like, that was the first time I had been cheated on was by this person. And so a lot of, um, I experienced a lot of firsts with this person. And that never would have happened if you hadn't reconnected on MySpace. If we hadn't reconnected on MySpace. Do you think that, that those connections... Do you think that the connections brought on from social media 
benefited you in, outside of the regard that they taught you valuable life lessons like all hard things do? I would have rather not gone through all of that. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I, it, just, like, it changed like the you entire know, like trajectory of my life. I'm now thinking about... So the uh, my the guy I dated in high school for three years. The crazy thing is, we actually met from Instagram, and he totally changed. Well, of course, most you know when you're 17, serious relationships they really change the course of your life. But gosh, that's just that's so interesting to me. You know, the crazy thing. So he had met this girl at a, some jump place all right and he had asked for her snapchat or phone number or something they added each other on social media and they never really talked again well i was going through her followers because she was from a place that i was going to move to and i figured i'd just follow a bunch of people and that were from there and maybe oh gosh maybe i'd make some friends you know mm-hmm. well <laughs> i actually had found his profile clerks follow dm'd him and we just like we just talked for like a month or two before we met up in person and um, he wasn't even from there. He was from where I was moving from. Oh, no. I know. And so then we had talked for months online until we had finally gotten together almost a year after we first met. And then after that, we dated for almost three years. And that was the first relationship that I had ever been cheated on, too. You know what? Screw social media. It's all bad. Fuck the exes. <laughs> Every man you meet on social media is a cheater. God damn it. (laughs) That's the moral of this episode. Don't talk to men from social media. They will cheat. (laughs) Here's the interesting thing, too, is that, like, both of us know, one with the onset of our businesses, and then here now with this podcast, social media and our presence on it is something that we're going to have to deal with. And, like, the goal is for this podcast to be successful. So, like, we know that, like, eventually people are going to know our names. You know, that's the hard thing I've had to overcome with my photography business is I didn't post it all on social media. I didn't want to. It made me so anxious to think about that because it's like, you know, you have 100 followers. Imagine 100 people standing in front of you and you you have to paint a good image of yourself. I think I think that's where the, the problem with social media comes in is is how widespread the audience can be and how much of a microscope you feel like you're under. And I had to get over that in order to start running my business on social media um, because I don't think that my business would function without it. I don't think this this podcast would function without social media accounts. So I thought that was like an interesting perspective is that like we are kind of like we're we're a brand new podcast and we're throwing ourselves into this world where we have to be a personality on social media, but we've seen social media tank so many lives. Like, so some of the examples that I had written down were, um, like Jenna Marbles, Shane yeah. Dawson, oh my gosh. James Charles, well, Marina Joyce, Gabri, Ga- Gabby, Gabby Hannah. Uh-huh. Oh, Gabby wow. Hannah is such a topic of like, uh, she, she hurts my heart. I love Gabby Hanna. Mm-hmm. Gabby Hanna is someone that I adored. I bought um, both of her poetry books. Her second poetry book had three versions. There was a Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and Target version, and I bought all three versions. I adore... I think e- even now she like has gotten into painting, mm-hmm. and I really love her stylized paintings. Um, I loved her music. I thought her lyrics were... They were very novice, but they were, like, 
they were good. They were... You know, I don't know as much about her, but from what I do know, that she made all these wonderful things, but that she, that it just went so badly for her. It went, it went south. She is a huge supporter of Kanye, mm. and then, but then, like, they hadn't done her research and didn't realize that Kanye had been saying, like, all of the racist things he's been saying lately. Are we going to touch on cancel culture for this episode? Oh, that's a whole... I think cancel culture is its own entire episode. Agreed. I, yeah, so I, I think cancel culture is, in its entirety, a whole separate episode. But I just, I think that, like, being under a microscope on social media is so powerful because... Like, we saw Gabby Hanna, like, rise and then fall. And then now I still, like, I still kind of, like, touch base with her every once in a while because I do, like, find her her artwork and her poetry, like, interesting. But, like, it's hard for me to support her considering she also had this whole, like, mental breakdown. That was weird. I don't I could do, I could do a 40-minute episode on Gabby Hanna alone. Dude, you know, on that topic of... of- mental breakdowns and the rise and fall of of stars on social media makes me think of Miley Cyrus and how when she first rose to fame, social media wasn't as prevalent, wasn't as big a part of um, daily life. But when she had that mental breakdown, I think that social media had started to really escalate, especially for celebrities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a celebrity before, I'm sure, was incredibly daunting and challenging um with paparazzi and with all the other challenges that being a celeb celebrity comes with you know but gosh I just I think about her and I think about how that in that level of intensity that the that social media brought on her you know that microscope I just can't imagine having no escape because with social media you can find out where people are all the time you Mm -hmm. always know what they're doing there's no escape my mom, my mom once said, she's like, when I was a kid, I would go home and the drama would stop. You know, leave school, leave work, whatever. But she's like, you guys come home and there's no escape from your peers. There's no escape from, from our, even from our jobs. We have yeah, the we work have, group chat, the yeah, work group chat. And so that way, like you, you come home and you like, someone's like, by the way, I'm making this announcement just so everybody knows and it's on everybody's radar. So like we come home and. Every time someone steals from our store, there's an announcement in the group chat. So I'm sitting at home and I'm still having anxiety because I know next time I go in, someone's going to steal from me. Mm-hmm. And I know this because I'm seeing it it's happening while I'm gone. One of the people that I really, really wanted to talk about during this episode is Jenna Marbles. Oh, yeah. So Jenna Marbles, if you know nothing about her, started out as a YouTuber, a comp comedic youtuber she a lot of the stuff she did it was just it was hilarious she was she's a funny funny person mm-hmm. but in the beginning she did make a lot of mistakes so she really got her start in like i want to say like 2009 2010 ish she did one video i think where she was impersonating like Nicki minaj and she did blackface and this was really before social media brought a lot of awareness to issues like that yeah it was before we knew better. In my opinion, she grew and she got better and she changed her content. There was one video, she has like little tiny, I don't know what kind of dogs they are, chihuahuas maybe, but they look like miniature greyhounds. Yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. So she did a video where she wanted to see how many balloons it would take to get her dog to float. 
So she put them in a basket and she like tied balloons on this basket. I remember this video. Yes. So like her content, towards the end of her content was just like wholesome. And she'd really moved away from doing anything that was like controversial. But at one point when, when things like blackface and racial injustices and just a lot of like social injustices were becoming big on social media or not necessarily becoming big, but people were starting to raise awareness. Jenna Marbles was someone that a lot of people attacked. I remember they really tore her down and didn't give her any room to learn from her mistakes. And there was an apology video, I think. But I think the biggest thing is that she had already learned from those mistakes and moved on. And my big thing, especially in like cancel culture, if someone does something wrong, you bring awareness to the problem, you let them make their apology, and then you give them the opportunity to change. If they don't change, cancel culture away. I don't care. If they do change and they've learned and they've grown, then why are we still condemning them for things that they've done? I think an issue in that regard with social media is that everything you do online lasts forever. Forever, you so, can't erase it. Yeah, and I think when people do mess up, and it's immortalized, but they have made amends and moved on. The problem that I see so often with these creators and with public figures in general is that people feel like because they haven't publicly done this yet, you know, or, or to, to whatever standard that millions of people have, that it's okay to rehash that. And not only is it okay to rehash it, but it's okay to bully people over it. And I fundamentally think that that is taking it too far. I mean, I think something that happened five, ten years ago, I just don't believe that it's justifiable to treat someone badly over it, especially if they have, on their own terms, grown from this. And then in Jenna Marble's case, she stopped posting videos. She walked away from YouTube. She had this... I want to call it, I could be totally wrong, but I want to call it like a million dollar career that she completely just walked away from because it was too much. Like she had made this mistake years and years and years ago, yeah. and here we are 10, 12 years later, and she's still being condemned for it. It was too much, and she had to walk away. And that was, I think, one of the biggest hits that social media took because at the end, she was just such a pure person. She was. It like, broke my heart. It broke my heart yeah. too, for sure. But then we see people like Shane Dawson, and Shane Dawson was another person that I followed religiously. I love Shane Dawson, and again, he made the mistake of doing like blackface and made an apology. But then his behavior didn't change. He made the documentary or the docu series about Jake Paul potentially being a sociopath, and then he got involved in a lot of like drama, and it seemed like. Then he kind of, he had this, like, wave of, like, maybe he's good again because he revived the career of Graveyard Girl, but then he just went right back to being a crap bat. I, I feel like content creators like that don't, I don't want to give them a platform, you know, because I think people, they're, the fact that these creators haven't changed fuels their popularity. Right. Um, because people talk about it, just like we are, you know, like people talk about 
about what they've done wrong, and as much as they, there are real consequences to, to act behaviors like that, like losing money, losing sponsorship, deal, sponsorship deals, losing followers, losing respect on social media, I still think that they can sometimes gain more free advertising by bad behavior and I don't know and I, I just wonder at what at what point do we do we move on from these people you know what point do we say enough is enough you don't get canceled or is cancel culture just well we do got to make an episode about this is cancel culture yeah. just an excuse to bash people who have done bad things I mean not to say that they don't deserve some sort of backlash but I don't know people I think there's stop? definitely like consequences to every action but if you, this happened to um, EDM DJ Elenium recently. Yeah. Someone dug up a tweet from years and years and years ago where he said the N word. We don't condone that here. That's not something that we think is appropriate. It was wrong. Um, he issued the apology. I don't think it's behavior that he would engage in now, but he did. So we, it got attention brought to it. He issued the apology moved on and grew up and grew from it, then like I think that we can move on. Um, there are times where I like I've gone through so Facebook has the Facebook memories feature. Yeah. And there was a point in time where Black Lives Matter was like really at the forefront of social media and we were seeing it everywhere. And I as like an uneducated, ignorant person was very much like, why don't all lives matter? Like but it it was in a I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be canceled before we even get started because it was a thing that I thought. But I thought it not in a malicious way, but in the way that, like, why can't we all get, just get along? Like, we're all human. Humans make mistakes. Like, let's all just love and care for each other. It was, like, from a very ignorant Well, it's a very, it's a very optimistic and naive way to look at it. And I think... And I, I, I know, I'm sure that you've, you've grown from that point of view. It's not something that I would ever say now. Yeah, yeah because it, I mean, it takes away from the different experiences that minorities and marginalized groups experience. You know, us um, as white women, we generally have it pretty easy. And yeah. it's hard to imagine that other people have such vastly different experiences. But I think that's part of the power of social media is bringing education and awareness um, about really important matters um, like sexism and racism and many of the topics that, you know, are talked about on social media. Like, that globalization comes back to that activism, you know. So every now and then, like, that will pop up in my social media in my memories and it'll be like, well, why can't all lives matter? And I just, like, cringe because I'm, I know better now. And it's not something that I would ever say now, but I, I think about it and I'm like, I could, so like we're starting this podcast. We, the hope is that eventually our names get out there. People know who we are. Someone's going to dig that up and use it against me. I could be proactive and delete it now and not have to deal with the problem. But like the point is, is that like you want to show people that you've grown from these things. And like, I can't be embarrassed of the mistakes that I've made because those were mistakes. You know, that, I agree. I don't think we should cover up our mistakes, but with social media being so weaponized now, it's like you almost can't be vulnerable and allow 
You're not allowed. We're not allowed to mess up. With such important, I mean, if we're going to talk about um, Black Lives Matter movement, with something so charged and raw and important um, as, as that topic and the Black experience in America, I mean, I can understand why people hold those that mess up that regard so accountable. But I do think, I mean, going back to Alenia and Jenna Marbles and all of these other content creators or public figures, it's like, I don't, I, I think that there's a difference between cancel culture and holding people accountable versus using that as an excuse for millions of people to treat someone horribly. I don't think it's constructive. I think there's a stark difference between accountability and criticism and just hate hate yeah i think that everyone deserves the opportunity to learn and grow and move on with their lives which is why like even now i have a public twitter account and i i want so badly to like go through it and make sure i've never said anything in the past that's going that's going to cancel me in the future but like that makes me less than human. I'm not trying to. And that, this it's is the, about curating that. This is the other thing. That, yeah, yeah, that we do. This is the problem with social media is that we curate these perfect lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a perfect human. So like we we talked about Facebook, we talked about Twitter. Like we haven't even scratched the surface on Instagram, where your life is literally a curated photo. Yeah, and there, there, like like you just said, there there is no room to mess up and. I think there has to be in order for us to get better. I think we have to allow uh, Elon Musk, for example, to grow and recover from his mistake of making people pay for verification. Making people pay for verification. I was so hoping that we would get to this point. Now we need to get on. We need to get on Reddit, and we need to find all of the instances where pay verification has caused so many problems, for example, and this is not a political podcast. I think that it's important that we set that precedent early. Yes, I this agree. is not a political podcast, but I thought it was so funny that someone made a, a spoof Donald Trump account that said, well, I lost. <laughs> and that's the problem with paper verified accounts. You can, you can impersonate. I mean, the, the, the point, I thought the point of verification was so you knew who was the real one and who wasn't. Yes. But now if you can pay for it, as long as you get to it first. So that's what's biting him in the ass because one thing that I saw was that Elon Musk tweeted something along the lines of, if you don't specify that you're a spoof account, then you'll be banned from Twitter or something like that. He was like, he was like, if, if you don't specify that you're that you're a spoof account, we're going to give you the boot, but then this unspecified account, like, posted something totally inappropriate, and Elon Musk thought it was funny. And I just died. I think it's funny, too. biting him in the ass. But I, I just, I don't understand the reason, like, I, I, I want to know why he thought that was the solution. Because, as we can see, it's not working out too well. It's not working. I think it's causing more problems within social media rather than simplifying it. And I, I almost wonder if that's the direction we need to go in, is simplifying social media. I mean, okay, in order to succeed for this podcast, we need to have a YouTube. We need to have a 
Instagram. Uh huh. We need to have a TikTok. TikTok. We need to have a Facebook. We need to have a Twitter. Um, and we have to post on all of these every day. And I just, I mean, it's already complicated enough as it is. But now you want to throw in um, people who can impersonate other people and public figures and verify themselves by paying eight dollars a month. Yeah. That's just an invitation for trolls. I think it's hilarious and it's gonna bite Elon Musk in the ass. What was it that you were saying we should look up on Reddit? Um, not the verification, but the something gone wrong. Funerals gone wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> like unrelated. Check out our upcoming death episode and we're gonna talk about we will eventually touch on funerals gone wrong. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the struggle with social media and how to access. I mean, I think making we could there's so we we just scratched the surface on social media today. I think making some more specific videos um, to go more in depth. Um, I think how social media affects our lives personally, how it affects our relationships with technology, our relationships with our friends, our relationships with our partners. Oh my, oh my gosh. Okay. This is just part one, I guess. We're going to be here for days. I know. But All right, well, I think that's, I think, I think it's, it's a wrap for, I think for what we have for social media today. As always, like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening via podcast, review. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, please you feel can, free to email us or reach out. Yeah, yeah, on any of our social media accounts. The whole point of this, um, well, there's many points, but one of the biggest ones, I think, is to get in touch with people and talk about why our lives have purpose and what that purpose is. So, cool. All right. Are we ready to pop this? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>